Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight we are joined by two members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey guys. And I have Scott. Hey. And Todd's camping, still. Yeah. Hmm. Tell you. Um, I hope you're enjoying it, Todd. Hope you're social distancing. <laughs> I, I think they're alone. That's the definition of camping. You think they're <laughs> alone now? Mm, doesn't seem to be anyone around. <laughs> I would, do, I would do the next line, but I actually don't know that. I know, I know that song, but I don't know what the next line is. Like. The beating of your heart is the only sound, I think. There I you know. go. Wow. Who is that? Good for music trivia. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I would kick ass in music trivia. I've never, never played it, but. The City Locker. No. Oh, it could be. No. No, it's not. I'm on it. Tonight, <laughs> we have a, uh, a very special guest. Um, we have a gentleman named Brent Clayton. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't sing that song. No. He did not sing that song. But Tiffany did. Oh, Tiffany! Hey! Oh, there she is. <laughs> um, Brent is the... Uh, <laughs> Man, we're running. Uh, Brent is, uh, he's an active firefighter right now, and he is the founder of Fire Recruitment Australia. Um, they basically, he, him and his team dedicate their time to trying, uh, trying to help and uh, develop and uh, bring new firefighters into paid positions and help them through the interview process and what it really takes to really try and find those key things that fire departments are looking for that you have and really trying to adapt those those skills and traits to uh, to the actual roles and positions and sell yourself into uh, into these departments. So they've created a great system. They got some wicked software he was talking to us about. So uh, without further ado, check it out, Mr. Brent Clayton. <clears throat> and uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Brent Clayton. Brent, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm well mate. Thanks for having me on guys. Absolutely, chap. Yeah, we've been talking back and forth for a while now, so uh, I'm glad we could finally make some time. Obviously, when uh, when we had first spoken and, and kind of reached out to each other there, it was right in the uh, calamity of everything that you were kind of dealing with, um, or at least just after. So, yeah, we, we understand it's been a, yeah. been a bit of time, but good. I'm glad we could get together. Absolutely. It's uh, good to finally, finally catch up. So, Brent, uh, just for uh, the sake of our listeners there, um, if you just want to introduce yourself, who you are, where you come from, where, where you're living, I'm sure it's pretty clear to some, but uh, just with a little tone there, but um, yeah, just drop yeah, a yeah. little bit about who yeah, you are. So, yeah, I'm Brent Clayton, um, founder of FireEquipmentAustralia.com. I live in Australia, uh, in the countryside, and also work in the city as well, so um fair diversity of uh work and where i've lived and stuff around the country and, and cities and that at the moment uh, based in melbourne um which is a pretty thriving place when we're not <laughs> locked up because of the coronavirus you know <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, still got its effects. Are you any closer to um, being let out of the pen or what? Uh, they just made an announcement today in Victoria. Uh, so they're allowing gatherings of 10 people outside and you can have five people for your house. Uh, apart from that, it's, that's about it. They've stayed pretty strict in Victoria. Uh, been up near South Wales previously and they're slightly more relaxed, the same with Queensland and a few of the other states around the place, but um, slowly, slowly, slowly seems to be the approach in Australia, which seems to be working fairly well. Though. Yeah, it seems like your numbers are, are fairly low as well. I know that for our province, we're actually, uh, we've been noted as doing probably the best out of all of our provinces, but I notice Australia is uh, doing well too there. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a parallel between Australia and Canada and the way we, um, I don't know, approach things. It, it just seems like uh, we've got a lot of similarities and culture uh, similarities as well and maybe that works its way into the, uh, you know, how we deal with these things and it, it seems to work pretty well for both of us this time over the sounds of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think some of it comes down to, as well, we're both places that are used to dealing with um, large fires and I think that's kind of come to that yeah. as well where we're dealing with things like we're used to we're used to larger um, emergencies let's say we're used to bigger things going on around yeah. us do you know what I mean so I think that maybe plays into it a touch too so um, yeah, yeah sure. kill us. yeah <laughs> nature's always trying to take us out I think Australia <laughs> more of it. absolutely yeah. yeah everything there tries to kill us yeah, there's way more sketchy nature there <laughs> <laughs> So we got some bears and stuff. We don't have crocodiles, <laughs> snakes, spiders the size of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah we rank pretty well in the deadly uh, reptile <laughs> arena. Uh, you know, when, when I've travelled over to the US and stuff like that, seems to be one of the first things that uh, is brought up when you meet someone new. <laughs> they must think we all stay inside and you know ride kangaroos to work and stuff like that. You don't. I thought that's the only reason I was going to come visit. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, sorry to break your heart, there, Alice, but yeah, we gave that up in the nineties. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brent, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, about what you what you do now. So the, the the kind of position that you're in, and obviously, you know, yep. you, you mentioned there about uh, um, fire recruitment Australia. Talk to us a little yep. bit about uh, about that and what you do there. Uh, so I founded Fire Recruitment Australia approximately 10 years ago just to help people that wanted to join the fire services around Australia uh, in general and then particularly help those that wanted to go the next step further and make a career of it. Um, as you guys are probably fairly aware and I'd imagine it would be the same in Canada, it's a fairly highly sought after job. So it's, it's quite competitive and uh, when back in 2007 when I applied to become a firefighter, I failed the process and I, so I went to work and uh, figured it out fairly well and uh, got a job the next year around and I was like, well, if, if I missed out, uh, I reckon there's going to be a lot of people out there in the same scenario that I can help because a lot of the time it's not... You don't have to be a genius. You just got to sort of know what you're up to and, and take things one step at a time. So, um, I went about creating a, a platform and improved that over the you know last ten years, and it, it is 
what it is today. Yeah, I was taking a look at some of your uh, some of your pieces of content and on your on your page there. It's pretty in detail. Yeah. I like it. Um, so you've been doing it, you say, for about ten years. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how time goes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been ten years uh, that I've, I've been running that approximately. So um, yeah, we've got it to a really good point now where it's um, we've got really solid curriculum on there and some really good coaches from. Uh, the different aspects of the testing that you go through. Um, you can draw sort of parallels from every service around the country and probably the same in Canada uh, to the different test uh, sort of levels that you have to pass. So we've recruited uh, coaches that line up really well with those areas that you're going to be tested in so that we can uh, sort of turbocharge the curriculum and help people improve their skills really quickly or as quick as possible, essentially. Um, and the whole idea is to give people the opportunity to give it their best shot. So to know that they've given it 100% and not left anything on the table. Uh, because, you know, I, I find if, if you went and spent a few years trying to get a position and you didn't uh, and you hadn't sort of given yourself the best chance, um, you'd always have that in the back of your, your head, I reckon. So it's really just about getting yourself in the best possible position you can to become successful. And uh, it's been proving really successful uh, lately too, so I'm really proud of it. That's fantastic. I think it's really important, um, you know, what you do <clears throat> and for the people that you do it for. Again, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that go for these jobs. Um, and they are more than more than ready physically. Um, sometimes they just, you know, they, they screw up on one thing here, one thing there. They lose a little bit of interest, not necessarily through the fact that they don't want to do it. It's more an interest of yeah. this is a difficult thing. This is a challenge and they don't know where to turn. So it's fantastic that you, you put something together to, to help support that. It's really important. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you've put it really well about people not so much losing interest, but life gets in the way and you can lose your focus, particularly if you don't have a next step or something simple that you can go and do. There's so many distractions now with um, technology as well and, you know, people being able to invade your, your space Um through technology that unless you have an, an ornate ability to focus on something and you're really well structured it's, it makes it even harder yeah I could completely see that for sure we um, yeah the it's that that motivation that you need to be able to drive you through um, can sometimes like you said it gets a little bit clouded when uh, when you start when you fail at something, failure can be tough for a lot of people. And so, yeah, having having a resource to lie back on like yourself is fantastic. So, uh, you've um, how many people now have you have you helped? Would you say through this process? Uh, hundreds, hundreds of people. Um, it's over ten years. Like in the beginning, I sort of knew everyone and everyone that had got a job or got to the next level or whatever, but. In recent times, um, it's just it's it's sort of snowballed to the thing where it's like every week I'll, there'll be a message that I might even miss. You know what I mean? It's like oh, I saw one the other day. Guy got his preference 
well, I can't remember which service it was in, but um, it's just we've we got to the point where we're in contact with so many people that it's a perpetual um, sort of success that's coming through. Obviously, there are the, the ones that are still in the journey or have given up and stuff like that, but uh, it's one of those things that if you, you stick within the environment and use the help and see obtaining the career as a, a journey instead of a pass-fail uh, thing, that that's when you sort of get results. Um, a lot of people will, will apply and then they'll fail one year and instead of looking at it as a learning, uh, they'll just give up and, and find some excuse or reason why uh, it's not for them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely do. Um, we actually, we talk a lot on here about uh, about not necessarily fully recruitment, but definitely retention. And Because, yeah. uh, you know, getting people in your door is one thing. Holding them and keeping them there is completely another. And, and we understand that as a volunteer group ourselves, we're very Absolutely. lucky just because of the, the way that we train and the family-oriented um, way that we do, we, we run the hall. Um, we're yeah. very lucky to have a very high retention rate. We're always full and recruitment lists are always long. And um, so, it's, it's, you know, it's great. That's, that's exceptional. I'd say, like, uh, based on just my understanding and, and involvement in that side of things, uh, that would be above average to have a really long recruitment list and a high retention rate. Would that be true? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we talked to we talked to a fair few people um, about these sorts of things, and uh, we have these discussions fairly often. And yeah, I, I think we're extremely lucky, and it, I think it is just because of the way that we do things, including the the training level and aspect that we we put forward as well through at least through yeah. our department. Ash, you got something on that? Yeah, I mean, I I think our geography pays a, a little bit into that as well. I mean, I have to give the large props to the way that our that our uh, department handles it, the way that our training is done, uh, and the family aspect. But I also think that our geography, I mean, we live in the wine capital of Canada. Uh, we're surrounded by two beautiful lakes. Like, people want to be in the area, and that makes it easier. So you've got a high demand for people to want to be in this rural setting. And then, so that's what gets them to the area, and then the good training yeah. and the good family aspect keeps them in the hall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, look, any uh, great team that I've been involved in that has high retention normally has good leadership around the um, structure and uh, sort of the culture of the organisation. So it sounds like you must have some good leadership and uh, example setting amongst you. You sort of ranks there. Would that be fair to say? Uh, I I don't know if I can say that because both of these guys are uh, they're both captains. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, Carl, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think agreements all around around the table for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, we we got a good we got a good bunch. I think oh, Scott, you got some. Uh, yeah, I think the other thing is we don't try to hide. Um, I mean, a lot of departments that well, I know of, uh, try, they try to hide their training and they try to hide the fact they're firefighters. They, they're not really out there in the public. Hmm. You know, we, yeah. have a, we have a social media presence. Well, obviously we have this. Um, we have, a, we have uh, you know, pod, uh, Facebook and 
Instagram. Yep. We have all sorts of stuff. And uh, you know, at first, I know when we first started doing it, the um, some of the old older fellows were like, "What do we need this for? This doesn't help us." But, but it, what it has done is it's, it's got that retention um, aspect to it. Like we're talking about, because people see us out there in the in the world, and they see us. You know, we're always posting pictures of uh, of our training and of our um, not our calls, yeah. but of, you know, of our events we do. And yeah, I think that, that really helps. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, from what you've said, it's a bit about being where people are and, and a lot of that has gone digital. So you'd, uh, you'd be mistaken if you thought uh, that it was unnecessary to contribute to that uh, environment that you want, uh, whether you like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh Brent there, what would you say for somebody, like if you've got one big tip for somebody um, who was coming through the service there, what would you say the one big thing is that uh, would be the one thing for them to aim for if they were looking at trying to get hired? Uh, look, the, the main thing that I believe people need to understand is that you're responsible for yourself, okay? So no one's going to, you know, inject knowledge and stuff into your head. So first of all, you need to understand the the position that you're going for. You need to understand it really well. Like, not just understand that a firefighter goes to fires. Understand it from top to bottom, what they do all day, all night. Then understand the organisation that you want the job with. Um no different to any any job, you know what I mean. If you if you showed up at McDonald's and didn't know that they sold, I don't know, chips and ice cream, well, they're probably not giving you a job either. So understand that you're responsible for your own learning, um, and then understand the job that you're going for, uh, the organisation that you're applying with, because every organisation similar to your fire department has slightly different values and things that are important to them, and things out in the political landscape that. You need to know in order to get the job this year and next year and the year after. And then the third thing in the, in this one thing that you should know is um, <laughs> <laughs> how you can demonstrate that you're the person that's going to further what they want. So how you're going to use your skills and your abilities and your life lessons and how you roll and how you're going to communicate to that to them so that they're like, this is the type of person um, that we need to be recruiting. Um, yeah, and, and the other thing is that it's not that hard to be better than the rest. You've just got to do the work and know what direction to go in and just work harder than, than the rest and, and stick at it, essentially. So there you go. That's seven points in one. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. We um, <laughs> we do that a lot as well. <laughs> Fit right in, mate. <laughs> it's, it's too big. It's too big of a deal, but uh, to to put into one thing. But you know. <laughs> no, that's good. It's solid. And you made some really good points. Made some really good points. Ash. Yeah, I think. Uh, your your last of seven points there was was, <laughs> was really what what hits a home run I think for me and for the volunteer and on call service as well as as uh, the career that yeah. 
you know, if you're coming into a volunteer or on-call department, obviously you don't have any firefighter experience previous. I mean, maybe you might have been on another hall, but you could be coming in with nothing. So you obviously still bring something to the table. Same thing if you're straight, if you're straight out of the academy. There's a thousand cookie-cutter firefighters that are made every, every single day. It's what do you personally bring to the table that you can not sell to the department, but like like what what are you offering, right? So I think that for, for us and for every style of department is, for me, one of the biggest important things out there. Yeah, 100%, man. I couldn't agree more. And that, that goes for any business or any organization, including the fire department. If you can demonstrate that you can further their cause in some unique way um yeah it's a winner for everyone so yeah i agree yeah so brent <clears throat> you uh, obviously you've been doing this now for for 10 years um and you said you started it just off the back of kind of doing it through yourself right so you went in yeah. You, you kind of, you, so what you're saying is you figured out a formula and you thought it would be a good idea to kind of throw it all together. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, sort of. I wouldn't call it, a, I suppose it is a formula in a way. It's just, there's so much uh, sort of knowledge that you just don't get taught uh, through your general schooling or life or, or whatever um, that's required throughout a recruitment process. Um, and that includes the fire brigade and, and any other sort of business recruitment. Uh, so I just went really deep on each of those components for the testing around the fire service uh, in order to get myself a job. Uh, I went went really quite hardcore on it. I was applying for jobs I didn't want and going to interviews and doing all sorts of stuff uh, to, to really work it out. Um, and then, you know, I figured... Like, I'm a country boy and I, I feel like I'm a really good fit in the job and all that sort of stuff. So there must be a lot of people missing out on these little bits and pieces that if they had just known, it's not that they're not a fit, it's just that they haven't got that particular skill to cover that hurdle uh, to get to get an opportunity or whatever. So I, I initially put it into a book, uh, wrote that up, uh, which is funny because I'm not much of a writer, but <laughs> <laughs> managed to create that and got some good feedback and so on, and then it sort of evolved uh, to the point now where we're, because the recruiting companies are getting sophisticated, we've had to create software programs to sort of mimic their tests and stuff like that so that people can get exposure uh, before the... Uh, you know, before the actual test day, because it's it's like anything. If if you can have an appreciation for what's coming, it's going to be less of a shock. So your performance uh, should therefore be better. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot when we talk about inoculation and uh, getting used to the heat. We're very lucky we got burn buildings and things like that. So we talk a lot about oh, that yeah. same thing. You know, like yeah. making sure that uh, it's not when the fire happens, it's not the first one that you've been to in the sense that it's not the first time you've been in a really hot building that's got flames in it. You know, it's hundred percent. You know, yeah, no, that, that goes for everything. It's it's you're spot on. Like, you know, the first time you go to an an interview, unless you love talking and gas bagging and carrying on about yourself, <laughs> um, it's fairly stressful, right? But, 
if you do it 10 times, uh, it becomes normal, just like your firefighting. Um, you know, I still remember 12 years ago, whatever, going into a, my first actual burning building. I'm like, fuck me, that's, this is full on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> coming behind me so I'd better get to it and do my job sort of thing and uh, <laughs> luckily I'd had some exposure through training like what we're talking about with the um, flash over buildings and stuff like that that allowed me to have that confidence to move forward so yeah yeah it's super important it's, it, it's good it sounds like again you're just you're doing that piece for uh, you're doing that piece for everybody to kind of find that extra niche because you're right when you go in for job interviews a lot of people they're not they're not used to it and yeah you're going in for the fire service but it's like you said it's the same mentality this the same composure the same process you need to go through every time yeah. no matter what you're doing when it comes to job stuff 100 and i suppose the the thing like what we teach throughout our courses and coaching and stuff is generic as far as uh skill set goes but then we niche it right down and get really specific with so that it's fire service orientated so that um you know you can build those skills in relation to the fire service but people what people get out of it in the end is actual abilities to it's sort of like you gain skills in interview and test taking and stuff like that that can be applied to you know any industry really so um yeah that's I just love that fact about teaching, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not over just once you get the job or, or whatever. It's, you've got that skill to go for promotional things or if you change industries down the road or whatever, you, you just got a better ability to communicate and um, function essentially. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that obviously helps as well, not only, like you said, when you're getting the job, but once you're in there too, to be able to communicate what yeah. you're talking about, communicate your ideas, your thoughts the way you see things and then maybe again especially if you're looking for leadership roles communication yeah. is key you know if you don't know how to communicate properly and you don't know how to talk to people then you ain't getting shit you're, you're done you know? exactly you're, you're not climbing any ladders <laughs> as you guys know comms are super important um, in particularly when we're you know you're doing time critical uh, high risk um type operations if you can't communicate probably them then and be calm it, uh, it affects the whole incident ground um you know and it can be quite adverse for people that are there so um yeah the, the better you can get it at it it just works well in all aspects of your your life absolutely so uh, Brent, obviously, because um, we've had, there's a gentleman who comes on our pot, he's been on twice now, he's obvious, he's from uh, across your way, um, yep. in, uh, in New South Wales there, and um, oh, he, cool. yeah, he's, he's a great, great guy, he's been with us from the start almost, from uh, a lot of things, great supporter, lovely, lovely bloke, uh, his name is Marshall Bass, and... Uh, badass name too. It is a badass name. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he he was on, I think, two two weeks ago, three yep. weeks ago now. We had him back on to give us kind of an update of how um, everything went over there during, obviously, your your last year's fire season or this year's fire yeah. season, I guess. Yeah. Um, unprecedented craziness. And, uh, yeah, like, so 
Uh, maybe uh, maybe give us a little little rundown on what you were doing during that time and uh, and how you felt about it. Yeah, look, mate. So, well, sorry, guys. Um, what I did during that time wasn't overly exciting. Um, so I've been in the service for around twelve years. Um, I was sort of in a sort of a more management sort of role, if that makes sense. So we were more supporting the. Uh, deployment of people and specialists and stuff like that and filling the, the holes uh, in the city where where people have gone out. Uh, you know, and the one thing that stood, sort of stood out to me this time around, because, well, I'm 36 years old, which is not really old, but... Um, not at all, mate. I'm 36 today. Or it's a brother. Yeah, we got you, mate. We got you. Did you? Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's like it, it happens every. It seems to happen like every ten years. We'll have some sort of bushfire catastrophe. Uh, but it was as if we weren't we weren't ready for it when we had the opportunity to be ready for it. As ready as you can be, you know what I mean. Like no one's going to be ready, ready for that and be able to get away with it. But um, yeah, the the fact that we were sort of surprised was a a bit uh, hard for me to swallow entirely, but yeah, so um, it was a big deal though, and unfortunately it seems to have uh, faded a bit into the background because of the you know current crisis that we're facing now, so there'd be people out there suffering still and not getting much sort of airtime for that, so... Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually, that was part of what we were discussing uh, with Marshall there, the same thing, you know, it's it, it kind of got foreshadowed just due to the fact that COVID hit right after. And uh, yeah. these people are still, some, there's a lot of people that don't have homes. The construction still is going on, but obviously things have slowed. Um, difficulties for, for people getting different different things. And because and, uh, obviously a lot of your a lot of your goods do, they get imported. So a lot of that obviously yeah. affected uh, affected people anyway, regardless of whether or not they, they, um, they were affected by the fires and, and everything else that went on. So... I guess, uh, yeah, it, it, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the situation that those, those people are in right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was saying about my involvement as well. I didn't get on the ground as such to sort of uh, that extent to see uh, the devastation and, and that, but I can just imagine that there'd be people out there still feeling almost forgotten and a, a bit alone. Um, due to the change in focus and, uh, you know, what's sort of taken up the media waves at the moment, um, there's not a whole lot about the bushfires that, you know, that you don't recover from that sort of, that sort of catastrophe in, in a matter of months. That's, uh, that's a, you know, some of the communities in that will never recover and it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, you had, so you had mentioned there that uh, you were kind of, looking at controlling the people, some of the specialists and deploying them. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, look, so pretty much what happens is, um, so I can't remember the exact, uh, rapid assessment teams will go out uh, from the city fire services and and sort of see what's happened so they can report back on what's needed, uh, losses and stuff like that. So, when that happens uh, in the service that I was working for, there's just a requirement for 
people of different ranks and skill sets to go and backfill those uh, stations and, and, and incident control centres and stuff like that because although there's a massive... Uh, you know, emergency happening, you, you, you can't just empty all the fire stations in the city, you know what I mean, and uh, leave that skip. So it becomes a real strain on uh, resources. So just coordinating, um, you know, and making sure that spots are filled and that people are getting relieved and that people are getting to come home. Like some of the fireys that went away... Um, you know, didn't get to come home for a long time and, and particularly the volunteer sort of sector of it, some of the stuff that those guys did in periods of time they stayed away for was starting to look a little bit unsustainable there at one point. Uh, and it, it gave me a bit of an insight into, you know, if, if it was worse, um, we've got overseas services and people coming to help now and we're sort of at our wits end or ability to keep that capacity uh, going, you know what I mean? So, yeah, very interesting and challenging times. Um, but I think on the upside, hopefully from that experience, the services and people have learnt um, what can happen and, um, you know, that, that we all have to sort of take responsibility for ourselves to try and reduce the strain and on the fire services that are there yeah we, we actually we had that similar sort of discussion with Marshall there when it comes to, to resources and things like that and people starting to take their own um, basically take the onus on themselves to make sure that they're looking after their properties especially if they're in rural communities and so a yeah. question, I, question I got which I had posed to Marshall was have you noticed any um, any big changes any significant changes so far that have been implemented into the service to to really help or at least look at this going on now uh look so anything sort of government takes a long time just because of processes and stuff like that so uh we're still implementing uh recommendations and sort of capacities from uh, Black Saturday, which was in 2009. So uh, as far as changes go, uh, that they'll come. So we're incrementally getting better, um, but it, things just don't happen that quickly unless there's like an impending catastrophic event or something like that. So we will see recommendations come through and things change, but... Uh, you know, they're still upping uh, numbers in the fire services and stuff like that. Uh, in Victoria, they're joining the two fire services together, uh, which will hopefully create a more sort of uh, harmonious and, uh, what, what would you call it, like efficient service. So instead of having two, that there'll be one and that'll be good. Um, there's a lot going on. Uh, but nothing that I can put my finger on specifically out of that particular fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, I, you mentioned there as well, obviously, that uh, they're looking at bringing more people through. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. now, have you, because of this, have you seen a, a bit of an influx of people coming to you for some help to try and get more people onto um, onto services? Have you have you seen more volunteers, more recruits come through? Yeah. Or? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot more recruits coming through. Like, it's exponential compared to when I was younger. Like, uh, you might get 20 a year going through the system. Uh, so it's a lot career sort of things. Um, now, it could be 100 to 200 sort of thing, depending on the state you're looking at. But that's like tenfold, you know. Increase, uh, so that's been happening uh, quite a bit, which bolsters the service there. And when you see events like the the latest fires happen, uh, there's always an influx of people wanting to help in whatever way they can, and that includes joining the volunteer uh, fire service and stuff around the place, which really helps as well. So, yeah, 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 I can definitely see that for sure. I, I know that. Uh they obviously Canada and uh, the states and England. They sent over a lot of different firefighters, obviously over to to help in those situations because yeah. you you your guys are always back and forth over here, especially during our season. We we get a whole bunch yeah. of your guys over. Um, it's like uh, it's like a re- revolving door, you know, in front of those uh, big buildings in the city. <laughs> you guys are over here, then we're over there. Unfortunately, that sort of. Uh, you know, been going on for as long as I can remember, but it's, it seems to do the trick uh, eventually. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, you guys have got a lot of background in it, a lot of knowledge in it. Um, us being in a very, very hot, very humid province, you know, we get a lot of, yeah. or a lot of hot. A lot of hot, yeah. a lot of heat. Yeah. Not yeah. humid. Um, we get a lot of we get a lot of fires as well when it comes to the, the wildfire stuff. So yeah, we always we always yeah. get the boys over. Um, so what I guess then, Brent, what's uh, what's your plans now for looking forward for your business and your career? What have you got lined up? Uh, so for the business side of things, uh, the guys in there have just created. Uh, as I touched on before, some some software to keep up with the um, testing company stuff that's coming out. Uh, we've put on a couple of new coaches in specific areas around psychological profiling and um, testing and stuff like that. Uh, so we're at a point now where it's a really, really good system with really, really good support. Uh, so it's just about keeping up to date and making sure that we've got the edge Um, because the the sort of the vision for the business is simply to offer the best help and support in the country um, for people that want to become firefighters. It's as simple as that. So if if something pops up and we can be better, um, we'll pursue that, uh, you know, and make sure that we've got the best offering that we can create and I don't care what it takes to uh, ensure that Um, that's always been the vision Uh, so we'll we'll go about that regardless of of what it takes so uh, that's what will happen over there going forward and um, yeah yeah it it sounds like uh, sounds like you definitely got some solid passion for this um, and like you said, regardless, you just you're gonna get it done. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's good. Awesome. So you said you started this ten tenish years ago, <clears throat> and yep. it sounds sounds like it was maybe yourself. You were pretty. It was a pretty small small team. Maybe how, how large is your team now? It sounds like you got a lot of 
a lot of members working with you. Yeah, look, so it's it is a large team, but it's not like uh, it's not like we don't have a whole heap of sort of full time people. Otherwise, I'd, right. I'd be broke as ten men. But um, <laughs> what I do have is uh, an assistant, Lorraine, so she looks after the operations of the everything because there's emails and you know bits and pieces like that. It's just administration type things. Uh, then there's myself, and then there's the individual coaches uh, that go along with it. So Lorraine sort of does the main uh, admin, admin of the, the whole business, which is the probably the biggest bit. But then all the coaches that we've worked with for quite a few years now, they all contract in. Um, but it's sort of it's got a bit of a bit sounds a bit like your firehouse there. It's, Bit of a bit of a family vibe. We're always talking with each other, communicating, see if we can do things better, um, drawing on each other's skills. I've got, I've got an interview coach that works with me that's spent, um, you know, a couple of decades in um, sort of corporate coaching. So we'll, we'll spend a lot of time working together to make sure that her interview coaching is on point with the, the fire services around the country and just really tune it in. Um, so yeah, I suppose the team's sort of two people plus all the coaches. Uh, we just try and keep it um, not top heavy in that way because uh, I want people to be able to access these resources. And unfortunately, it costs money to run a business and pay the government tax and stuff like that. Um, but the lower I can keep the cost, the more people we can get this information into the hands of. Um, so yeah, to, to sort of answer your question, the team is big, but it's efficient, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, it does. Scott, cool. you got, you got something yeah, have you ever uh, thought of expanding into other, like, uh, police or, uh, uh yeah. any, other, any other areas? 100%, yeah, so when I started 10 years ago, um, I actually started off broad, and then I realised that uh, that wasn't what I wanted to do, and that if you if you try to talk to ten people at once, it just doesn't work. So I just narrowed my focus laser point down to who I wanted to help, and started talking to that person. And um, you know, it's it's been quite successful because of that. I think I'm sure we could uh, broaden and help other industries like absolutely even like the stuff works for all sorts of industries but i'm more concerned about having a top quality product and being able to help a, a you know not a ma- i'd rather do really really good work with less people um than try and get massive and like it'd be great but I'd really need to have systems in place that so didn't get out of hand. Um, and then you need expertise around, say, policing and uh, paramedics and stuff like that, which I know a lot of these people, but you can't be sure that you're going to be able to keep all those different people on board. So for now, we'll just stick with uh, the fire service and, and keep focusing on making that product the best that it can be. Yeah, it makes sense. When you start trying to water, water down some of the stuff to make it try and fit for, for different platforms, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to keep it all 
consistent and good yeah, and high yeah. quality, especially the way that things change. I mean, I know we always say um, in the fire service, you know, it, not much changes, but everything changes and everyone gets pissed yeah. off about it. <laughs> you know, like, it. It depends what your focus is going to be on. Some places are going to be fairly new and recent, going to try and keep up with the, the, new, the new bits and pieces and others are just going to be fighting it with buckets for the until the until the time ends, right? That's a bloody good analogy, that one, yeah. <laughs> um, so I reckon we've got it to the point now where the systems, it's more of a pipeline than fighting it with buckets or a hose, but um, <laughs> there's still, so if, if you look at Australia and New Zealand uh, and the airports, there's 11 fire services uh, in, in that uh, area. And we need to be up to date with what they're all doing every year and they change stuff every year. So, you know, once a year times 11 services, that's that's enough work on my plate to make sure that we're across the board, um, you know. And I can control what I focus on, but I couldn't control... Um, you know, uh, what you know, another team member that may be in a police niche or something like that is going to focus on and, and what they're going to put effort into and so on. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, have you ever thought about maybe, because uh, it, it sounds like your software um, looks specifically at a lot of the testing and things like that. Have you ever yeah. thought about maybe um, applying that to different countries instead? So still targeting your audience that you are, but yeah. maybe just changing some of that back end and finding coaches in different areas of the world? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I'd love to, to branch out that way uh, much more than, um, yeah, to, to change niche. But uh, it would it just require me to really understand the, the services and the recruitment process. And I'm sure it's quite similar, but um, like we have a lot of American people doing something similar uh, that will advertise over here, or there's an English guy. And in my thinking, uh, you can't have the edge if you're not from the country, right? Um, I'm sure that our software and stuff would be very helpful, um, and you could all. It'd, I'd have to sort of franchise it, or you know, have just let someone brand it over there um, to try and help uh, people in those scenarios. But I, I wouldn't be comfortable that I understand the process intimately enough. And, and as far as business growth goes, that's probably not. The correct answer. It's just more of a moral thing for me. Um, yeah, and then being sure that you are offering the best. Like I, I want to be able to say to people, our staff, it's the best, and that's it. So yeah. But it, it sounds fantastic to me. It sounds like somebody who's extremely passionate, finds something that they know they're good at. They created a system which works. They're consistently using that to target people and help people get into the industry that they want to get into. And it's working and they're, and you're not looking at expanding that and growing the business for the sake of money. This is all just about the passion of trying to get people into the seats that they want to fill for the reasons yeah. that are good reasons. It sounds fantastic to me. It, it sounds, like I said, fair play to you, mate. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's, yeah thanks, mate. I think that, you know, what the big reason is for me is it's like if I can help someone get it this year instead of next year, that's one year of 
them not having to sit around and wonder, you know, am I going to stick at this job or, you know, that sort of anguish is not good for anyone. So if I can uh, reduce that in some way, uh, it makes it's, makes you feel good, you know, <laughs> when you get the call or you get an email or whatever. You're like, that's, uh, I've had a hand in essentially changing that person's trajectory in life uh, for the for the better, hopefully, so, yeah. Yeah, that makes absolute sense, fair play. So, uh, Brent, where, where can uh, where can all of our guys find you? Obviously, you know, as you mentioned, you're mainly targeting people in um, in your area, in Australia, but we do have people that, we have a lot of people actually that listen in Australia, and uh, yeah. we've also got a bunch of people over here that can still get something out of your content, I think, by the oh, sound of sure. it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so where, where can they find you there, chap? FireRecruitmentAustralia.com is the easiest uh, way and we're on YouTube and, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of jazz. So if you put Fire Recruitment Australia into the search engine or put a .com on the end, you should be pretty right. (laughs) Or even my name, chuck that in there. I'll I'll pop up somewhere. Beautiful. Brent, we really appreciate your time, mate. Legends. Lovely to meet all you guys. It was good to have a, a great chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have you on again for sure. We uh, we love having these types of conversations with people, especially people in different industries. You know, obviously you're in fire, but having the other side of it for um, for the recruitment side of things, it's a it's a fantastic thing. We we a lot of the people that we end up talking to, um, actually, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, it, it's challenging to try and get people in the door, and then obviously keeping yeah. them as another portion um, in the volunteer yeah. service, especially. Obviously, a lot of people want to get into the paid side of things. So yeah. having that is is important. It's, uh, you're, you're doing a great thing. Cheers, boys. Thanks very much. All right. Nice one, mate. Take your easy. Thanks, and, uh, Cheers, mate. Yeah, appreciate your time. Too easy, boys. Catch you later. And there we have it, Brent Clayton. Uh, that was interesting. It's, it's funny to hear the different ways that um, obviously people have come to him for all these different pieces of information. It sounds like what he's doing is he's he's created this template <clears throat> for job interviews, really. Mm-hmm. And it's just more focused, obviously, on the fire service, for sure. Right. But it's helping these individuals out because, as we all know, right, like when you're in those kind of positions, if you haven't been in them for a long time, if you haven't done them before really at all, especially mm-hmm. if you're fresh out of fire school, like – there's a lot of pressure for you to be sat in front of people that Absolutely. you're trying to get a job with and mm. you know you're a young kid especially yeah. so yeah. I think it's a good thing he sounds super passionate yeah you know there's some books out there right now on how to do that stuff but I read one of them and it's pretty like like show up to show up on time really that's your big advice sounds like a chapter yeah right <laughs> like, like a, you know it sounds like his is more like geared toward the individual and figuring out their strengths and going from there so yeah yeah, I like the idea of the software and stuff too. Those test exams. <clears throat> rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Yeah, for sure. I think that's key. Um, like you were talking about the inoculation that we go through as firefighters in the building. If if you can drop that stress level down um, prior to the interview, it just makes everything a lot smoother. Yeah. Like a squeegee chair. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on. That was good. Yeah, it was great. Thanks a lot. Over to the shout-outs, boys. Mm-hmm. Let's roll them up. <clears throat> so, uh, Scott, Motus. Motus. Um, Stagger Tools is really, really awesome. 
been using a little bit more lately. Um, so they got Snagger Tool, they got the uh, door wedges, they got the new hydrant wrench. Is that in full production now? Uh, I don't know if it's on their website, but uh, yeah, I should look into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's new. Yeah, it's, it's fresh it's, new though. Yeah. It's nice and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's what they. It's, I think it's, I guess it's what the hydro wrench industry needed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, the same thing, but yeah, the great. Yeah, um, you can see on that video, you're just like you're you're powering through so so yeah. much faster than that. And you have to slow down. You have to be like remind yourself, I can't. I, I got. I don't want to over crank this hydrant. Yeah. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but it's good when you because you can see that if like I was just doing it obviously in a, <clears throat> on a hydrant that we were just standing there at, but I can see on a call. When you, when, you know, the seconds are going to count. You're feeling the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Shove knife. Yeah. Shove knife. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, shove knife. Um, Ash had a lot of success with that. <laughs> a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. That thing's slick. Um, Four B&Es under the belt. <laughs> 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 um, I actually just seen, they were posting up some teaser photos on their uh, Instagram account of some sort of a textile product and then uh shortly after that they were saying if you had like a grab bag what would you have in it uh like snips and uh oh, cool. like that, like what we made. yeah exactly yeah. so uh very very similar to that so it looks like they might be um trying to put something like that together interesting all branded yeah yeah getting some cutters some snips some uh yeah. shove knife or probably snagger tools some wedges yeah. Right. Sweet. Yeah, be a nice little kit. Nice. Mm. Uh, 5% off by using DTFF5. There you go. Mm. Love it. Ash, RZ Masks. <clears throat> RZ Masks. Um, yeah, we, we've been running these things for about a year now. They're, uh, a year? Uh, hasn't it been? It's like two. Two years now? <laughs> It's time flies. Well, us, yeah, I think us we, personally, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess a couple, couple, couple of years now, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, still right now, I think there's going to be some uh, acquisition problems with everything going on yeah. in the world, but uh, uh, we, we found a lot of really good success. Uh, anything out of that IDLH environment, uh, if you're a pump operator, if you're going on a medical call, uh, I mean, maybe not COVID medical call right now, but uh, I mean, still, it's uh, um, the filtration of these things is great. We're running the M1 mask with F4 filter. F3. Uh, F3. I think that's the la- the highest number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, the best uh, fit fit for us. Uh, we've got some video footage of uh, Scott uh, uh, feeling the effects of some pepper spray with and without. Um, yeah, I think uh, um, we're loving it. So if... Uh, you are interested once they do get back into production, um, or not into production, back back into fulfillment. Um, hop on there. Actually, I guess I can't even say that yet because they're they're still trying to sort out some of their discounts, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah they were. So what was happening was <clears throat> they were because of everything that's going on, they were getting um, bigger companies purchasing a whole bunch of their masks mm-hmm. and then using the discount codes to basically get a ton of money off of these massive orders and buying up all their products so that they could then resell it. Um, Mm -hmm. So they cancelled all codes for discount while this stuff was going on. Right. Which I understand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so when that code comes back, uh, we assume it's going to be DTFF again. It will get you 30% off. 
Um, yeah, so I'm sure once uh, they go live with those things, they'll be in contact with us and we'll let you guys know. Um, again, right now it's going to be problems with fulfillment for those guys, so uh, check them out. So I shouldn't sell my 500 DTFF brand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got DTFF brands? <laughs> right? Sweet. Well, at that 30% off. Absolutely. <laughs> Save the money for all the embroidery. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad idea, huh? Yeah. Hmm. How about that? How about it? Hmm. Uh, Scott, stop the bleed. Uh, yeah, Stop the Bleed month is on right now. So we're going to have some video out soon on Stop the Bleed, the course. Uh, Todd and I are going to probably run through most of the program a lot, not live, um, but on video. And <clears throat> we'll have that posted this week, hopefully. It'll be shot this week for sure. Editing yeah. for that, I think, it's probably going to take me about a day. Yeah. So... Yeah, it'll probably be Monday-ish, I think, by the time we release the episode, yeah. and if we get our guests yeah. that we want on as well. Yeah, we're looking for a pretty interesting guest. Uh, I won't say what it is, but uh, yeah, he's Special Forces doctor. Uh, well, yeah, he's pretty uh, pretty well-versed. He's very well-versed in, uh, in Stop yeah. the Bleed and, and uh, dealing with that sort of stuff, so we're working on getting him on right now. And... Uh, yeah, Stop the Bleed, uh, it's a nationwide, both, well, not, I guess, worldwide, uh, worldwide. Uh, movement to uh, to Stop the Bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, bleeding Control. Can you elaborate, yeah. <laughs> it is the bleedingcontrol.org, I think it's just stopthebleed.org. Yeah, they changed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, currently, there's no courses uh, running. Um, that's one reason why we're going to do a video of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Yeah. We're going to touch on some of those uh, high-fidelity sims that Todd and I talk about a lot. We're going to show some uh, civilian side of how you can do things um, on the civilian side of the fence, probably on some firefighter side of the fence, right. um, using some you know simple products you can buy from cheap and just making those uh, making that stress inoculation happen. Similar to a burn building, only we're going to be using some, some simple uh, wound hacking yeah. and uh, blood sims. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's going to be pretty next level. I don't think, um, for especially from the civilian side, <clears throat> it's going to be a really, really good video. I think got some good ideas for it. Uh, Ash, Legion Engineer. Uh, yeah, Legion Engineer. Um, <clears throat> Joel Struthers. Um, he is the author of Appel, uh, a Canadian and a French-born Legion. Uh, talks about his time, uh, obviously, as a Canadian in the French Foreign Legion. Yeah, really good book. Um, and he also went in and uh, sounds like co-founded a like a company, more of a movement, um, <clears throat> Legion Engineered. You can check it out on all the major social medias. Um, what they do is they sell apparel, some uh, stickers, decals for, for all the people listening, um, and donate a percentage of the proceeds to PTSD awareness. Um, and the nice thing about the way that he's uh, putting that forward is if the majority of the profits are coming out of the United States, uh, he will donate that into the United States. If it comes from the UK, it'll be the UK. If it's from Canada, it'll go to Canada. So, um, yeah, really, really cool deal he's got going on there. He's got some pretty some pretty cool equipment, um, like T-shirts and hats and whatever else. So check that out. Yeah, Ash, Seabrat. Uh, yeah, so the Seabrat from Ignition USA um, out of Seattle. Uh, really wicked soft entry tool. Uh, has 
five, six, seven different features to it. Um, really, really versatile. Allows you to access a building without uh, leaving it unsecure once uh, you leave. So some of these uh, like condo buildings, uh, things like that, um, it has a really, really good, good place uh, in your kit. So we've uh, got a, a video where we're speaking to uh, Jason. Uh, tells uh, a pr pretty good story of uh, how it works, why it works. Um, we're hope hoping to get a video up there for you guys as well. Obviously, some of our, our filming has been, been delayed just because of everything else that's going on. So um, look for that. But if you do like what you see, if you uh, check all of his social media platforms, Ignition USA, uh, you can enter discount code DTFF2020 for 20% off your purchase. <clears throat> yeah, they, um, I'm looking forward to actually using R1 in practice yeah. a little bit. I found a couple of good doors to practice on. We just have to get permission to practice on them. Good. So, yeah, it's going to... PlayStation... Kinda... Yeah, well, it's <laughs> directly to the south of that one. <laughs> yeah, so um, I I just hate to walk around the city and just pick around the doors in a back alley. And... Yeah, because that's just weird. That's <laughs> when we're in a foreign country. Weird. Absolutely didn't happen. Uh, bar boys. Mm. Nick's birthday today. It was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Just like Carl's today. Yep. 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 I'd say yep. happy birthday, but yeah, I can say happy birthday. I'm not gonna sing happy birthday. <laughs> no, absolutely. Not. I will say happy birthday to the both of you. There you go. <laughs> Nick reached out. Nick's wife reached out actually as well. Send you a nice little voice message. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh man, yeah. it's such, they're a beautiful family. They are nice. Really, really nice. Nice yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, she actually reached out and just said, "Hey, how's everything going? You guys, your family doing well?" Yeah, it was actually really sweet. They reached out to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, she didn't message me at all. It's like a snag or two. You, it comes to spot. Show each other next week. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a hashtag on that? <laughs> <laughs> Can't start a shout out for the elders. Nice. Good people, though. Mm. Good and people. also, one of them, the husband, is part of a podcast. Uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Really good group of guys. Yeah, we. Uh... <laughs> We'll probably end up doing another joint episode here at some point. Hopefully, we'll, yeah. we'll actually end up meeting up at some point properly. Um, mm -hmm. We're hoping next year, as long as all this craziness still isn't continuing on into next year's seminar, uh, we're <sighs> hoping if we can get in line for there, we've definitely got enough time now in between here and now to make that happen. Try to make it happen, for sure. And if not, then maybe we can we can try and make FDIG next year, if yep. possible as well. I know we've been mm -hmm. talking about it for a little while now. So there's potential that might happen as well. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it, boys. What about us? What about us? Mm. We do stuff as well. So we uh, obviously we release an episode every week. Um, so please hit that subscribe. <laughs> oh wait, wait, we're not there yet. Leave us a <laughs> Um Yeah. So uh, if you do listen, we greatly appreciate. It. We really, really appreciate your support. We noticed that the fire family online has been growing dramatically recently. Um, actually, we were reading uh, reading a couple of posts. We got tagged in the other day on a few um, volunteer firefighter pages where people asked what podcast they were listening to, mm -hmm. and uh, our name got thrown up quite a few times. So we really, really appreciate that and uh, and sharing us out there as well. Thank you. 
Probably because um, they were specifically looking for volunteer firefighter podcasts. That's our name. <laughs> yeah, it's in the name. Dude's heavy. Yeah. Mm, hit it pretty hard, though. A uh, few people mentioned us under DTFF, though. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Mm-hmm. No, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, also, we really appreciate if uh, you got a, if you got a few seconds, just head over to uh, the page where it says like and give us a rating, if you can, on the app that you are listening to us on. Um, on those platforms, it really helps bring us up <clears throat> further the rankings. So it allows people that are trying to find podcasts like ours, uh, it gives them a bit of an easier easier path to, to follow to get to, uh, to what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So if you do have a minute, please do. And also our YouTube page. We're really trying to get that YouTube page out there. We A lot of you have gone there for sure. We've got a whole bunch more followers. Our views have gone up like crazy. Um, especially, funnily enough, the RZ mask one because everyone's searching for RZ masks right now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So the, the views on that have gone crazy. The sea rats up over like 1,500, 1,700 now. Nice. So people are obviously interested in that too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we really, really appreciate you guys doing that for us too. So thank you again. Uh, and yeah, you can find us on all the normal social medias. We do stuff and things and podcasts and videos and tutorials and training videos and tips. And as Scott had mentioned earlier, our next big one that's going to be hitting sometime next week, um, or if not the early of the weekend after, um, will be on Stop the Bleed. And uh, that is one you are not going to want to miss. It's going to be a quality one. Any more for any more? Just building that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really putting the pressure on there, boys. <laughs> it's going to be all right. <laughs> it won't be bad, per se. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if you've seen bad videos, it won't be those, it won't be but... Bad. We actually haven't shot yet, so we're... Yeah. <laughs> so we have the ability might to make it good. You'll turn out. Any more for any more? I'm good. Ash. Thanks, guys. Scott. Good night. Stay safe. Stay in TFF.